Catharsis, no matter what form that comes in. And I got to be honest, this morning I've spent a lot of time listening to a little Husker Du, old school from Husker Du, Zen Arcade, and that one right there, the biggest lie to kick off the Brian Oak Show podcast, episode 265. Sean, I may be going deaf, but can you give me just a little juice on the headphones? I can. Just a little. How's oh, that? Oh, yeah. Is that better? 1071 The River, the valley's home for classic rock. <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Thank you very much. That's Sean Bernard. My name is Brian Oak. It is the Brian Oak Show podcast. And I played that one. You know what? I had an epiphany literally 15 minutes ago that I have to let certain things go. There are certain pieces of trauma or moments in one's life. Sometimes anniversaries will bring those up. Mm-hmm. And you, ha- you know, even when you've been pretty good about letting most of it go, you're still mad. Like, there are still certain things you hang on to. And thanks to you, Sean, and <laughs> to the power of Husker Du, and to today's guest, Kieran Daly, I'm going to let it go. I-, I have the freedom on my own podcast to say whatever the fuck I want. And... Today, I'm not going to. What I'm going to do instead is wish everyone a better future, a better life ahead. But remember, when the fuckers come at you, and when you're betrayed by powers that you expected to be aligned, you're still your own person. There are days ahead that you will be able to, you will manifest something brand new, even in the darkest moments. Is that fair? Yeah, I just... uh... I hope I never get on your bad side. <laughs> but but here's the deal. But but here's what I just did. Yeah. I let it go. Oh, and you've been on my bad side before, dude. Don't fucking joke yourself about that. You have don't, too, yeah, if I'm but, honest. Uh, who cares? I don't give up. All yeah, right, no, I'm just kidding. Nobody, nobody cares. That being said, it's the Brian Oak Show. And here we are in the Smart Start MN Studios, located in the beautiful late summer studios down here near 48th and Chicago in South Minneapolis. And it's a lovely location. And we've got modest yet wonderful studios of our very own. And we've got a great guest coming up in just a bit, a person I've known for a very long time and whose music I quite enjoy, but I think I enjoy his company even more. And that's not saying anything negative about his music, but I've known him longer than I've known his music. We'll get to that coming up very shortly. Um, The one thing I do want to say today, and I'm not trying to be a weirdo about it, you know, you, Sean, and we'll talk about it coming up in just a bit. Um, Actually, before we get to it, let's take care of Smart Start MN. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They are the ones who help the state work to put together this program where if you drink and drive, which a is a stupid idea genuinely terrible idea never do it that being said there are people who will do it so whether it's you a friend a relative even a hated enemy that you'd like to get back out there so that you can continue to spar with them smart start mn can get you back on the road sooner and for less money than you otherwise might expect they will indeed. I just got to mention real quick that I ran into our friend Kieran Folliard at Irish Fair. and You don't say. And he uh, tried to pour me uh, some of his new whiskey, Red Locks, and he poured my wife some and my daughter, who's 22, some, and he was going to pour me some. I said, Kieran, I, you probably don't know this, but I, I don't drink anymore. I said I, I started uh, <laughs> having blackouts after 40, and he goes, 
after 40 pints. <laughs> and I, of well, course, lost it. But now, So you're telling me that the guy who came up with two gingers now has a new whiskey ramed, named after redheads again. He... I'm not saying he has, has a the mightiest touch when it comes to owning a business, so I try not to question. He's one of the he's one of the most clever individuals I've ever met. Now, I, when he told me that he's like, I made a whiskey that I in my I told him to his face. I'm like, it doesn't taste very good. He's like, Brian, who doesn't drink whiskey? I'm like, I, women. He's like, exactly. But it was perfect for pairing with a with a big ginger, yes. which he then copyrighted and was able to, to tell Jameson to shut it down. I'll, I'll never question that guy as long as I live. One of the smartest people I've ever met. Yeah, and if you know somebody who's uh, had too many and then gets a DUI, go mm. to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. As someone who more than 20 years ago had a DUI, the only reason I say don't have one is that, you know, life is still pretty cool. Even on the shittiest days, it's pretty cool to be alive. And if you hurt someone else or do some real damage, I mean, it's just it's just not worth it. But should you go through one and you need to get back on the road, need to get back to your regular life, maybe even learn a lesson, smartstartmn.com. What's the backslash? Uh, the Brian Oak Show. Shit, yeah, it is. <laughs> you got that right. That's Sean Bernard. I'm Brian. Um, I just wanted to say a uh, a quick thank you and hello and goodbye to a dear friend of mine. Mm. Now, Sean, I know that you are a realtor by trade, and we will talk about that again yes. coming up in just a bit. You are working on the finalizing the home sale of a dear friend of mine, yes. a woman by the name of Heather, and she is the widow of one of my closest friends of all time, John. Yes. Today is the fourth anniversary mm-hmm. of his passing, which... It's weird, man. You know, we all have lots of acquaintances. We've all been touched, whether it's family, distant or close, or friends, distant or close. And I lost him to cancer. You know, I didn't just lose him. Everybody lost him. More importantly, his wife and his three children lost him. And it was brutal. But John was cool as fuck, man. John was into a lot of interesting things. And I met John at a very early age, long before he was married or reproduced, and vice versa. And John is one of the most amazing weirdos I've ever met. I have no doubt that somewhere out on the cosmic highway, he is making shit really uncomfortable and weird for somebody because that was his number one jam. It really was, you know, And but I, oh, fuck. Anyway, I was thinking about him earlier when I saw the post that today it, he's four years gone, and I don't even know if this was his favorite band, but there's nobody I think more of when I hear this upcoming band, by the way, Kieran Daly joins us next, and we're going to talk about his band, upcoming show, and whatever the hell else is going on in his brain right now. But right here, and this one's for John, a classic from The Cure, A Forest on The Brian Oak Show. Thank you. 
I, for one, did not discover the cure until 1985's Head on the Door. But then what a joy to go back and discover the early, mm-hmm. both poppy and drug-fueled darkness of early 80s music from The Cure, and then to follow them throughout their career. And I didn't love all of it, but oh my God. From 79 on to about 86, 87, everything they did. So good. Absolute gold for a young, wannabe, goth, interesting poser from the North Suburban Cultural Corridor, like myself. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It's episode 265 of The Brian Oak Show from the Smart Start MN Studios. Let us welcome back, or maybe for the first time in person, to the Smart Start MN Studios, Kieran Daly. How are you, Kieran? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. We did this before, but via Zoom, yeah? Yeah, we did it in Zoom. I was was in the benighted metropolis of Des Moines. That's right. All right. Let us not speak of it again. Okay. <laughs> what were you doing in Des Moines? Time. Asking myself <laughs> that question. <laughs> well, then, again, as you just requested, I, I, I completely turned on you. Let us never speak of it again. It's nice to have you here. So, Kieran Daly is a person that I have known for longer than either of us would care to admit. The one thing I'm bitter about is having met Lowe these many years ago. You still look like you looked, except for the long, gorgeous locks that you had when I met you. I mean, like a really long time ago, man, you still look youthful and fit and good. And I look like someone just unearthed me from the sands of Egypt. Okay. So um, what is your secret to maintaining your youthful appearance? It's all this clean living I've been doing all this time. Is it really? Is it really? That's it. But in all (laughs) sincerity, man, you look really good. Thank you, man. I think it's, here's the thing. Um, Every now and again, um, we've been talking about our Irish ancestry here in the studio. All three of us, Sean Bernard, Brian O'Keefe, Kieran Daly, all of us are more Irish than we're not. Exactly. And, you know, there's this thing where you you get that sort of weird, smooth, um, eerily smooth Irish skin, as as long as you fear the sun and stay out of it. Um, (laughs) Stick to the shadows. Exactly. Hug the walls closely, that sort of thing. I literally walk down the street like that. Um, But that doesn't doesn't spare you from your eventual fate, which is that one day you're just going to wake up and be a garden gnome. It just, it'll happen overnight. It happens. You're like eerily well-preserved, eerily well-preserved garden gnome. Well, yours has held long on longer than either Sean or myself. Now, we have you in today to talk about a gig you have coming up. You are, these days, doing the musician thing. And you have been for a, quite some time at a good high level. But when I first met you, you were not a musician. We both loved music, and we would talk about music frequently. And again, I hesitate to say the date because I don't want to date you. Someone might walk by you in the streets and be like, look at that attractive 29-year-old. That's never going to happen to me again. So I'm not going to say how long we've known each other, but it's been a long time. We used to play hacky sack and both have gloriously, deliciously long hair in an era where it was highly coveted. That has come and gone. When did you decide that music was a part of who Kieran Daly was? You know, making music. It's sort of, uh, I think the better question is, is when I shifted from, from guy who deluded himself that he could do music. To somehow I'd, I'd been deluding myself for long enough that uh, at some point I started to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's kind of that, how it felt that, like. Is me. that practice? Is that simply a matter of will? I mean, wh- because again, a lot of people are like, nope, this is my shit. I'm doing this. And they're not any good. 
But you got good. I mean, I, at some point, I, you know. Is that, so what is that? Is that practice? Is that force of will? What is that? You, well, you start by doing like embarrassing imitations of people that you really love. Give right? me a couple examples. Um, like early Shane on. McGowan of the Pogues. I would try and mm. sing like Shane, <laughs> Shane McGowan of the Pogues, which don't ask me why that was my, my bellwether of First vocal person I've ever heard say that, and I love it. Um, and people were like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, why, why, why are you trying to sound like, are you trying to sound like the Pogues? Um, you don't have an Irish accent. Why are you trying to rediscover it? Um, you know, so yeah, you start by imitating the, the stuff that you love and then eventually you kind of figure out what you sound like. And, and, um, you know, I think the the line from Miles Davis, right. That, you know, it takes, a, it takes a long time to figure out how to sound like yourself. Yeah. Um, and for me, it took a really long time. I was a super late bloomer with that, with that crap. So yeah, just sucking for a really long time and and, <laughs> and not having but, enough self awareness to stop. <laughs> but I, I that's a like, great response. <laughs> I feel like you just summed up art right there, right? Like, don't ever say no to yourself, and every time you suck, just be like, "Well, I'll suck a little less next time," and mm-hmm. you just keep going. You have a strong European background. Without, and again, I'm not trying to go TMZ on the bit here, but tell me about your lineage and where you're from. I mean, you have a European parent, do you not? Uh, well, both my parents are Irish. Uh, my my dad was Irish. Um, they did what people of their generation did in Ireland, which is just get the fuck get out. the it's, fuck out of this there. Sucks. People are you know being machine gunned by the British Army for mm-hmm. protesting civil rights, um, which you know famously became Sunday Bloody Sunday, but um, in in pop music history. But, you know, it was not a great place, especially if you were Catholic, had a Catholic last name, um, to try and make thing a go of things. And even if that uh, prejudice had not existed from the, the sort of dominant ruling classes of the Protestants, um, you would still have to deal with the fact that economically it was fucking cratered, you know. So all of those well, and, and live with the, we live with the daily possibility mm. that school buses blow up, that corner shops blow up. Man, I mean, yeah, and, and and probably for a good reason. But you find yourself on the front lines of things where you're like, yes, freedom from oppression is important. Yes, personal expression and personal self determination is important. But people are dying. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, it to me on the inside, even though I know which side I stand on, it's very conflicting. Yeah, and I think most ordinary people sort of came down on that same side of like, okay, maybe this isn't the ideal political system that I want to live in, but I don't know if murdering people is how I'd want to change it. Um, it's it's hard to deny, though, that after, you know, everything that went down, you know, um, there was a shift and, and you know, and, you know, civil rights were gained and, and political participation was gained. So. It's a complicated question, but without sort of derailing into it, because if we go into like Northern Irish history, hour, we could we could just start a podcast on that. Um, and I'm not the qualified guy to talk about it, really. But like, nor I. Um, you know, my parents left, and so we sort of had this pan-European hopscotch thing. I mean, I was actually born in Australia. I lived in uh, England and Ireland. Whoa, I've and known you for a very long time. I didn't know you were born in Australia. I was like 18 months old when I left, dude. I have zero memories of Australia. No, I, I just you. have I embarrassing baby Oregon, pictures. Yeah. But also, like, I mean, like, so are you still an Australian citizen, I got the choice when I was like six or seven years old. Like, you know, they're like, well, son, would you like to be a, an Australian citizen? <laughs> they're, they're sorting the passports out for the kids. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to be an Australian citizen? or an Irish citizen and I was like Australian what like I was like no we're Irish right so hey Bruce 
<laughs> Good night, mate. Um, yeah, the, the Texans of the Commonwealth. You know, sort of loud, crass, oh racist. Oh, my God. Who are into barbecue. Um, where is oh. our, where's our scribe? Scribe! <laughs> the, the Texans of the Commonwealth. God, I love talking to you. So, I mean, so obviously it's complex growing up, but you end up in the States. Is Minnesota the first place you land? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, we landed right here, and um, yeah, that was a culture shock, dude. Like, you know, towns in Europe were like, oh, there was eventually a combustion engine. But before that, they were laid out on like a human scale where people like walked down to the butchers or whatever. Right. And when you're growing up in an environment like that, running around in the streets playing with your friends, um, it's just, you know, it's one thing. And then you then you end up in sort of a weird, bleak uh, post-World War II layout um, suburb <laughs> in the United States. And you're like, man, there aren't even sidewalks here. I got to walk three miles to get anywhere. And when I get there, it's a fucking mall, man. Yeah. You know, that's where we hang out. Seriously, that's what we do here. Like it was it was very strange. Plus, also, I, you know, I'd been going to, a, you know, a very Harry Potter-esque Catholic military school for boys where I wore like <laughs> school uniforms and had like a bowl cut and everybody called each other by their last names. And you were caned if you talked in study hall. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh. Like, like so corporal punishment was still oh, yeah, very was much an active kid. thing. Yeah, I was the first kid caned in my grade. And like caned twice. Like, so yeah. we mean caned on the ass, caned on the, on the feet? On the ass, yeah. The feet, they're not, no. Oh, maybe that's just the websites I go to. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, I, I whoa, might, whoa. I might, I, might, I might have gotten that part wrong. But I mean, like, like Canes, that's no joke, man. I mean, like, so mm-hmm. you went to schools mm-hmm. that were corporal punishment oriented. Yeah, if you did something particularly bad, like, for instance, you were caught with uh, a, a Playboy magazine or 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 huffing um, quite memorably. Some kids were, you couldn't get drugs out in the countryside. Yeah. Uh, in a boarding school, so they would huff spray deodorant through a towel. Um, not joking. And, and again, and not I, joking. And I don't mean to diminish the suffering of young addicts everywhere in, the, in, 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 the, exactly. in the Ireland countryside. But that's the, the, again, I'm learning so much in the very opening yeah. moments of our podcast. Yeah. So, so if you did that, you would get what was called six of the best. Oh. Um, and you would get that from the, the headmaster, Mr. Snow, who was a looming um, six foot four dude who had been a, a star rugby player in his youth Ooh. and walked with this big orthopedic grade cane because he wrecked his knee doing rugby. Yeah. But six of the best from that guy's load bearing cane was not something you really wanted to contemplate. But so it wasn't, like, it wasn't like, a, a, like a piece of sugar cane. It was his actual walking cane. It was his actual walking like cane. Made of, made yeah. of proper wood. When, yeah. When I got cane, it wasn't of by the him, best. thankfully. But yeah, I, I got caned by a, by a, a, a reedy, um, bespectacled professor who was, who was clearly, <laughs> clearly hated that part of his job. Just wanted to get it over with. Mm. Yeah. And thought that, uh, you know, like he wasn't wacky. someone who relished it. Yeah, exactly. And that's did, good. I and think, his, and it <laughs> also didn't need like a, a cane as thick as your wrist to support his Jesus considerable God. weight either. So, so yeah, that was the best case scenario for my caning. But uh, there was one kid who, rather memorably, um, yeah, went in for six of the best, and he actually volunteered for it. I'm sorry. Wh- why would you volunteer for it? Well, they had you know what was again, the option? Harry Potter, right? So. You have prefects. That's yeah, what yeah. they call them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, best boys, that the kind of thing. Best boys, yeah, snitches, yeah. snitches, servants oh. of the uh, 
Servants of the Overlords, oh. right? Um, and snitching is the worst crime. And they are, they're, they're, you know, usually they have very good academic records in order to qualify for this hated position right. of authority, which is really unfair to them, too. It's like you're screwed socially forever um, by taking Just this position. Just because you did good in school. Yeah. And so this one kid, Dominic, who was arrogant and condescending and, and mean to the younger kids that oh. he got to supervise. Malfoy. Went up, yeah, he was Malfoy. Malfoy. He was Malfoying his way through life, and he walked up to get an award in front of the entire school, and a ripple of laughter followed him as he proceeded from the back of the auditorium to the front, and a kid had put a sign on his back that said, <laughs> I am a prick. <laughs> wow. And he received, he received his award from, from his father, who the guy who came to me, and yeah. <laughs> Mr. Snow, and uh, they saw it, and of course his father had to take this off of his back in of front of the whole did. school. Oh, my God. And Mr. Snow stepped up to the mic and was like, I hope that whoever did that will be man enough to meet me for six of the best later in my office. And it was the gauntlet had been thrown down. Like, you know, and dude was like, yeah, I will be man enough. Actually, I will fucking show up. That dude is a prick. and I'm happy to to let everybody know. That I did this. Who did that. And that kid walked badly. For some time. I'll bet. Now, you and I, before we started recording this, were talking about the notions of honor Mm -hmm. and betrayal Mm -hmm. and things like that. As much as I think that kid's an idiot for stepping up, how could you not be proud of him for doing what he did? He was was a god in that school. A fucking hero, Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, totally. Wow. Okay, so... The name of your band is, and I want to talk more about this on the other side of this next song, The Stress of Her Regard, which I find a fascinating name. However, had you not gone with The Stress of Her Regard, six of the best might be (laughs) one of the best unchosen band names I've ever heard. And now, after anyone who hears this, if you're a young person looking for something from the future, remember Kieran's story and remember six of the best. Before we talk about your band and the gig that you have coming up very quickly, in fact, this weekend... You've chosen music from, to me, I don't know if he's up there with Prince and Bob Dylan, but Alan Sparhawk um, is one of the most fascinating voices in Minnesota music that I've ever heard because it comes out in every variation. Much like all of our own voices on the daily, there are whispers, there are screams, there are plaintive cries, and there are simply self meditations right i mean i don't know that there's a, a, a method that he can't do musically i find him fascinating but of course the way he got his name known internationally is through his band low yeah um i think you know one of the things that that strikes me and you know lower going through a difficult time now very as, as well i, I mean, mean i don't know i, I don't want to share too much but he shared it online mm-hmm. that mimi's going through cancer right yeah now. exactly mm-hmm. so they've, they've had to cancel some some dates and the thing that i've always found striking about them is there, uh, at no point did Lowe suddenly become, you know, rock stars um, in their own in their own minds. They always stayed uh, have always stayed kind and grounded people and, and a good example in that way. You know, I couldn't respect a band musically or as people more. And uh, you know, it, it's uh, they they continue to be an inspiration to me all the time. So yeah, a fantastic tune of theirs. <laughs>
they're one of those bands that you can literally reach your hand into the water and pull out any one of their releases, and there's brilliance on everything that they've ever touched. The band Low here on The Brian Oak Show, as chosen by Kieran Daly. Now, Kieran Daly had a band called The Idle Hands, but these days is the front man of the band The Stress of Her Regard. And it's fascinating to me because I've known you well before you were an active musician, right? And so to watch you come alive and do this, and having seen you live up to and including at the Basilica Block Party, I think is the last time I saw you in person. We didn't get a chance to chat, but there you were performing. It's it's wild to watch someone you know that has the talent, that has the acumen, that has the understanding, that has the imagination to then bring it into real life. So I'm just, I'm a fan, man. And it's, in addition to being friends, it's been, and we haven't talked in so long. I don't get to see anybody anymore. So we've been talking too much. We don't have that kind of time. But your band, The Stress of Her Regard, is The Stress of Her Regard a literary quote, or is that something you came up with? Uh, No, no, I didn't come up with it. It's, it feels like something you should have like one monocle in while you're saying it, but... um. (laughs) But but it's brilliant. For me, it makes me think of like the old days when you're flipping through city pages, right? And you're like, mm-hmm. who's playing this week? And you just kind of take a look. And you're like, these people mm-hmm. are at the Turf Club. These people at First Avenue. These people at all these other sidebars. And most of the names are relatively unimaginative. But the stress of her regard to me seems like the title of a short story that would have been mandatory reading in a 2000 level course somewhere at university, right? And so it, it, I just I, I find it fascinating. Where does it come from? Well, there's this poet called uh, Clark Ashton Smith, who was, um, you know, actually a contemporary of H.P. Lovecraft's and more of, a, more of an obscure poet. And he wrote this, mm-hmm. uh, this really cool sort of epic poem, which is, when you read it now, it sort of feels like this is a, a poem about humanity staring down its own doom. Um, Go which, on. Which, I'm, yeah. which, I'm listening. Huh, what could be more thematic? And so, um, <laughs> you know, he, he, uh, he sort of personifies these universal sort of powers of creation and destruction as, as like Sphinx and Medusa is, I think the name of the, the of the poem actually is Sphinx okay. and Medusa. And the, the very last line is, is uh, when she turns on, on all of us, the stress of her regard. And you're like, Oh, so shit. That's, that's a Medusa reference. Yeah. Sphinx and Medusa is the name wow. of the poem. And, and yeah, I'm just a touch aroused right now. Sean. I'm going to be honest because I just, to me, it's interesting and it's fascinating. And I think that you take the same approach to your songwriting, your playing, which everyone can see this coming Sunday. So there's a couple people involved here that I want to ask you about real quick before we get to one of your songs. Uh, John Clifford is the owner of Hi-Fi Hair and Records, longtime friend, multiple time guest on this particular show. I don't know that there's anybody. I mean, we all try, right? But I don't know that there's anybody who loves Minneapolis more than John Clifford loves Minneapolis. He loves the music. He loves the people. He loves the attitude. And he is a constant, beneficent saint might be too strong. I'm not sure he's that nice a guy. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, he, he wants us to do better together and does everything he can to bring music to people. And when you go to one of these events in the alley that he has behind Hi-Fi downtown, right on Loring Park there, he's, he's joyful, not because he wants to be worshipped. He's joyful because he's watching community unfold. Mm-hmm. Clifford's a killer guy, man. He's an incredible dude, and... Yeah, I, I I couldn't have described him better. I, he said something really funny the other day. Uh, so I'm at I'm at his place. I'm getting my ears lowered, you know. And, uh, he, Thanks, he's, Dad. That's totally <laughs> totally something my father always yeah, said. It's totally an old an <laughs> yeah, old guy. Joke, it is, right? yeah. Uh, and he's uh, he's talking about he he had a conversation with a, a DJ who's new 
to the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, she came in to get her hair cut at his place. And he was like, well, you ever been to Paris? And she's like, uh, I don't, don't know whether she had or not. But he's like, it's kind of like that. And she's like, how, how, how's that? What? He's like, well, the only thing we have here is our culture. And we have an attitude about it. You know, and that, you know, that's, it, it's, you know, some people are like, oh, Minnesota nice. You guys have attitudes? We do. They, you know. We, oh. And you run afoul of them, but you run afoul of them more quietly than you might be used to, which right. makes it all the more savage um, <laughs> when, you, when you do take a, a shiv. Uh, <laughs> well, I, my opinion is it's very hard to, to make the list, you know, the list mm-hmm. of like to ruin things or to get on the right. bad side of things. But once you do, you're there. You're never getting off that list ever again. You are playing in the alley this coming Sunday, August 21st. It's free, by the way. Free show. Three o'clock all day outdoors. That alley, there's going to be so much joy there. Tim Casey, who's been making music forever. Tim Casey and the Martyrs. You and your band, The Stress of Her Regard, and Two Harbors. Now, Chris Pavlich, I can't pretend to know well. But I've known Chris on and off. I met him a, a many moons ago. Um, but I, every time I run into him, he's a decent dude. Do you go back with Pav? Yeah, Pav is awesome. Um, we actually we were sharing a laugh because long ago, um, when uh, the Idle Hands was sort of reaching this their their peak as a band, all of our bands, uh, my, myself, uh, Chris, and our friend Johnny Solomon from from. Uh, communist daughter mm-hmm. all our bands were getting played a lot on the radio which was new to all of us we were like what is this this is really weird people are coming to our shows loads of people are coming to our shows we should all do a show together and we invited uh we became actors our, our friend uh jesse stensby's band to come open and we're like hey let's do it and here's how long ago this was brett Favre is, is slinging the football for the vikings right wow now. yeah um and we we do this big show and uh there's an upstairs bar and a downstairs bar patty malloy is working the downstairs uh the upstairs bar uh yeah. you know patty legendary bartender and and man about town now, mm-hmm. now living with his his uh lovely lady dakota in in new york city and a punk rock legend um you know battled the uh the racist skinheads back in the day and and uh you can watch a fascinating documentary on on that and what uh, did they call themselves not baldies it was baldies it was uh, baldies yeah, yeah, no. or anti-racist skins yeah yeah but i mean but they were like the skinheads who wanted to punch a fucking nazi in the Pun- face it was nazi punching before it was cool yeah, yeah exactly yeah, totally. i like that i like um, that so yeah he's doing the upstairs bar which is why i know that they made like five grand on that bar oh my um, and then they made, I don't know how much they made. There were four bars. He was the only guy behind that bar. That's right. a lot of, that's a lot of liquor to sling in one night, man. For anybody who's, who's never been in the industry. If you, if you clear a grand in sales, you're walking home with usually a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. That yeah. Yeah. Before tip outs. Um, so that's, bi- and then the downstairs bar. So we're, it's packed all night long uh-huh. and they tried to pay us like a paltry sum at the end. And yeah. I had a few and I got into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we left, um, to the point where the bouncer who's like had done Serbian war crimes is like mean mugging me and, and <laughs> walking me out. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I don't want to get end up in a shallow grave because I'm pretty sure this guy's dug a few of them. So yeah. we, we get into the van and we're like, hey, no one's going to do anything dumb like go on Craigslist and rant about this tonight, are they? And we're like, <laughs> no. Dun, 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 dun. Well, Pav had had a few too. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So he got into it. Somebody was like, "Well, who are you to to ask for more money from the bosses?" And you know, it, it's a bunch of of self described leftist hipsters talking about how the working man doesn't deserve to get paid. 
um, that you're sort of jumped up if you ask for your band to be paid decently for selling oh. out a place and in a crazy, crazy amount of money. And a night, a night where they've, they've brought in more liquor money than they brought in in weeks combined. In weeks. And they're like, oh, that's all because Brett Favre was playing. No, no. Uh-huh. All those people had left by the time uh-huh. they started playing shit uh-huh. So, um, so he, you know, you don't want to raise these things on the internet because you just, the trolls will eat you alive and they ate them alive. And, and we're um, talking about Pav right now. We're talking about Pav yeah, yeah. and they, and they blamed me for it. They said, this is clearly you, Kieran Daly yeah. saying this. I was like, it's you not. You piece of shit. Yeah. How dare you? I'm like, I mean, I think he's making some good points, but it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And I, I, you know, I woke up on a friend of mine that's lit up. Lighting up my phone, being like, "Hey, man, you're bad, famous on the internet right now. You should go. You should go check out this shitstorm." So I was like, "What the fuck is? I've never even heard of this modern radio message board thing." Uh-huh. So I go on it. I make an account. I go on there and I, I say, "Hey, it wasn't us. I'll let you figure out who it was." Um, as far as whether you love us or hate us, I, I really don't give a fuck. Just spell our names right, right, um, and I'm and, and I'm out, right. So it was funny, there, and and then um, John Henry's band uh, made a song making fun of that um, with three spins. I think it was called Three Spins a Day. Yeah. And much later on, <laughs> I run into John Henry, and I'm like, "You know that wasn't me, right?" He's like, "What? I thought it was you. I thought I was making fun of you." I was like, "No, it wasn't me." <laughs> He's like, man, I feel, I, feel, I feel bad we did that song. I'm like, eh, it's no big deal. Um, so, yeah, three spins a day, baby. Our bands are, maybe it's not the Idle Hands anymore, but we're reunited. I understand. Um, and in, in, you know, playing for, uh, for much nicer people. I think it was the fourth or fifth episode of this show, and we're on 265 right now that John Henry's our guest. You're reminding me right now, we need to have that motherfucker back. I know you got to get going. Let's hear a song real quick by your band, The Stress of Her Regard. Tell me about this song. Uh, this is the first song we ever did with Ed Ackerson, uh, God Rest His Soul. R.I.P. And uh, we uh, we needed it remixed because we loved the take, but we we're like, bad things had gone down in the recording. We're like, Ed, can you rescue this? And Ed could have easily said, no, it's unsalvageable. You, you should come to my studio. This is trash. And spend a lot of money. Uh-huh. He said, no, I can rescue this. And he did. He made it sound beautiful. And uh, here it is. She brings him up to the mountain 
After 30 years of me being a DJ, I'd be better about not stepping on the end of songs, but oh well, fuck me. The stress of her regard right there <laughs> on The Brian Oak Show. Before we wrap up with Kieran Daly, the main brain behind the stress of her regard, who have a gig coming up this weekend, we check in with Sean Bernard very briefly. Sean, you, in addition to being a trusted ally, a completely drunken Irishman, <laughs> just kidding. I know you've been sober long for time, how long now? Almost nine years. Wow, really? Isn't that crazy? Man. Such a braggart. Oh. Such a braggart. Oh. Just like an Irishman. But congratulations you. and good Thank on you. you. Uh, you're also a realtor for Edina Realty, 50th and France location. Where are we at these days? Things are going well. It's uh, It's been busy, uh, very busy, and it's slowing down a little bit. Uh, the thing I've said to people is that you're probably not going to pay you know, way over asking price anymore. The interest rates, uh, the mortgage interest rates have actually gone down a little bit, and they're in a good spot right now. Um, they're probably not going to go much lower anytime soon. So it's still a decent time to buy. And as as I've said to people, if you take the two things that you're not going to have to pay way more for a house and have to pay higher interest rate, you can make a lot of payments with those, you know, with that lower interest rate than you would paying thirty thousand over, for example. So uh, if you know of somebody looking to buy or sell, six one two eight five nine two five nine four, and I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or a musician. I started that during the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm just going to keep it going. You don't consider your bongo stuff a local musician, right? Like this is not another way to get more money for you. My um, bongo with triangle um, square that I have square meaning there's four members of the group. Uh, it's called Four Inches of My Best rather than Four. <laughs> Sorry. What's it called? Six of the Best? <laughs> yeah, six, six of the Best. Six of the Best. Yeah. All right, Sorry, six I was just trying the... to get Kieran. No, I'll do it. I'm t- I swear to God, if you don't jump on it first, my new derivative synth side <laughs> project is going to be called Six of the Best. Kieran, I could do this with you all day. I know you got somewhere to be. I got somewhere to be, too. We got to wrap this thing up. But as a quick reminder before we get out of here, this coming Sunday, August 21st, First, downtown Minneapolis, right off Loring Park, the alleyway behind Hi-Fi Heron Records, 3 p.m. on. It's absolutely free. Tim Casey, your band, The Stress of Her Regard, two Harvers with Pav. I 
I don't. I mean, it's. I think the Vikings are playing, but I'm. I, you know what? Saturday, the the, the Vikings oh. game Saturday at six. So, yep. and it's also a garbage preseason game. Yep. So, who cares? So, I could sit and talk with you all day. Will you come back again in the not too distant future? I hope so. We won't promo a gig. We won't talk about your recording career. We're just going to share more stories because I want to hear about that giant six foot two lumbering Hagrid type individual. I also want to find out whether or not you were in Ravensclaw or Hufflepuff, man. You have had a very interesting life. Let me ask you one question before you leave. You made one reference to something when you walked in, and that was your kickboxing coach. Yeah. You're in kickboxing. Uh, well, yeah, I'm, I'm... Could I'm, you roundhouse Sean right now? Um, I mean, give him the biz. Yeah, sure. Sure, if he stays... Okay. If, he's, if he stood still for me, you know... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, hey, but, I may be fat, but I'm slow. I, I was I, early on <laughs> we, when we first started the show. You really have held up better than anybody else of our generation. I know you're a little younger than I am, but not a lot younger, and you look good, man. I, I Thanks, hope you're bro. feeling well. I hope things are I'm, going well for you. I'm feeling great. Um, you know, whatever you end up doing, like the workout that gets done is the good workout. So I'm not going to judge you if you're into some crazy culty c- CrossFit thing because yeah, yeah. I do a you know a head trauma inflicting martial art who's practitioners are as poor as poets right so um whatever you do that's fun for you and and uh you know keeps the demons at bay a little bit is good and that's what that is for me you know it's a survival thing so i I go in and i do it and uh i uh you know punch people in the face and get punched in the face and it's it's a good time i'm a big fan of the fritos workout uh (laughs) and so that's what i'm sticking with these days but all three of us in this room irish catholics all of us are doing our best to not drink anymore, and uh, it's nice to be among friends, but I don't want the word to get out that this is some sort of weird Celtic clubhouse kind of a scene. sobriety, but yeah. right now it absolutely is. It's lovely to see your face, Karen. It's lovely to see yours as well. Um, uh, I'll see you again on Sunday. I'm coming. I just made up my mind because I have nothing else going on on Sunday. In fact, my life has gotten to the point where I have nothing going on ever. That sounds beautiful. Which, why, it's just out of desperation. I'll be coming down to see the stress of her regard at Hi-Fi Hair in the alley behind Sean B. Well. Uh, I want to thank all of our Patreon members. We're very close now to coming up with our new Patreon event. Thanks to all them. Thanks to AudioQuip. And thanks to everybody who's ever listened, subscribed, shared, amplified in any way whatsoever. And now it is time to say farewell. We hope everyone is well, and thanks to everybody who's been here. And Kieran, you have chosen one last song at the end here, who is a guy that I think we both knew and loved very deeply. He's gone, but his legacy, luckily for those who create at the level he did, will be with us for a very, very long time. Yeah, his song says it better than you know anyone possibly could, like the the fleeting nature of human existence and... The fact that there's, yeah, a a spiritual ephemeral part of it that we can never quite grasp or quite wrap our heads around before it's time to go. 